Assalamualaikum. Hello everyone. Welcome back uh, to another episode of the Haran Diaries. I hope all of you are well. Uh, coming into the weekend, uh, I've been sick with a bad sore throat, conjunctivitis, etc., etc., which um, you know we're prone to getting from time to time. Uh, but hey ho, life goes on. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, because I was unwell. Well, you feel a bit down, uh, uh, kind of just lying there. Uh, but it helped me to listen back to probably uh, one of my favorite interviews, uh, purely from a vibes perspective, uh, and also um, <clears throat> it gives a window into the various kind of important professions. If you think of Malaysia back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, there are certain professions that have a big influence on on what direction the uh, country moved in. Uh, one is definitely teachers, uh, and you could argue that one of the reasons why Amno was so popular back in the day, or so effective back in the day, was that they were very popular with teachers. Especially Malay teachers, but we're not going to talk about that today. <clears throat> we're going to talk about another group of uh, professionals, and uh, one of that is the kind of ambassadors of the country. So we have to remember back then Malaysia was only small. Uh, so after independence, there was a lot of work done, especially by Tunku Abdul Rahman, to uh, establish Malaysia as a country. Uh, and here we have to commend efforts by people like Tun Dr Ismail as well, who was the ambassador uh, representative to New York, uh, set up Malaysia's operations in the United Nations. So you know all those kinds of things. And then there were subsequently teams of ambassadors that went out after that, uh, which you can you can read about in various sources. Um, Obviously, the story of Tun Dr Ismail is is available in his biography, which we've mentioned before. Definitely, definitely worth a read. Um, <clears throat> and and the book Conversations with Tunku Abdul Rahman, he talks about some of the kind of foreign uh, missions, some of the ambassadors that he chose uh, to go on uh, on them. So uh, ambassadors played a huge role, and uh, interestingly, they would have had uh, interesting relationships with various prime ministers that were. Uh, around so particularly Tunku Abdul Rahman, Tun Tun Abdul Razak, and I guess to a lesser extent uh, Tun Hussein On. Uh, this particular gentleman who I spoke to, um, very very nice man, uh, and you know what I think for me, um, Datuk Nelson Aruputam, he probably symbolises in Malaysia that like. And I think we've all met this kind of guy, but this very positive Indian uncle, like this is this is the 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 guy. <laughs> um, so have a listen. He was an ambassador back in the day. Uh, he has some like quite intimate stories, probably not heard before uh, about Tun Razak. Uh, he had a few bits to say about my grandfather, even though he didn't deal with him too much, because my my grandfather was. The Menteri Besar of Selangor, rather than in, in a federal cabinet position, he wasn't uh, travelling abroad representing Malaysia in any way. Uh, but have a listen to Dr Nelson 
you know, when I, every time I listen back to this interview, I find myself smiling, I find myself laughing, um, and uh, you might disagree with some of his uh, opinions or, or politics, not politics, but his opinions on on history, but but you can't take away his uh, amazing positivity, uh, and if anything, just listen for the for the good times, uh, and uh, let me know what you think. <clears throat> safe <laughs> well i had a very bad time last year oh no i had an accident my left forehead was cracked and i had to get it operated oh dear. and my left hip has been completely removed oh uh, because i fell on the road I was taking my little dog for a walk and i didn't release release the leash early oh gosh so it's part of life yeah in April, my wife died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Uh, it's part of, part of life. Yeah. And I'm now 92 years old, according to the Asian way of looking at it. Mm. But uh, the Roman and English feel that at least until you're born, you're not alive, which is somewhat <laughs> surprising. <laughs> so I'll be 91, according to them, 92, according to them. Uh. So in April, this year, I'll be 93. Ah, okay. So, when people ask me, how old are you? I say, I'm 39. So, <laughs> okay. So, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, you are grandson of Datu Haruna. Yeah, I'm his grandson. Uh, my father is his youngest son, Asman, oh. Asman Shah Harun. Asman Shah Haruna? Yeah. He... Because I'm, I met your grandfather, mm. and I once met your grandmother, that's all, but... Mm. Just hello, hello. But I met your grandfather uh, long after he came out from prison at Tansri Rais Yatim's house, yeah. where he was with Tuku Razali. Mm, yeah. Let me tell you something about your grandfather. Sure. I heard what uh, Dr. Made said, Tim Kitsyang mm. said, yeah. and Musa Itam said. Musa was more, more, more or less the most accurate. Mm. Your grandfather was a man of principles. He was a man who helped a lot of people but never spoke about it. Mm. And he even helped, if I'm not mistaken, there were things that were said that he helped Daim also get a piece of land and all that. I remember one case very clearly. <clears throat> one of his clients was a senior information officer. And your grandfather was the mentor Basar. I knew him and he knew the family. Mm. He called him one day and said, Hey, why are you going about living in the ways? Let me give you a piece of land, build a house. I lived there. Mm. He step was taken aback, you know. And he said, No, no, no. What do you mean by no no? You're my good friend, man. Don't worry. And but the guy did it take. Now let me tell you another thing about your grandfather. Mm. I told him once when I met him in Tansi Rice Yatim's house, mm. Dr. Rice Yatim, I said, you have been vilified, but you will be exonerated in years to come. <laughs> he smiled, just said, thank you. You know, your grandfather looks serious, but when he smiles, you're very infectious, no? very <laughs> nice, lovely smile he had. Yeah. 
Now, another thing is, the people talk about him and say he was corrupted. Rubbish. He was never corrupted. He did that for the party and for the people. That I must say. But two factors were prominent those days. Fear and envy. Mm. Why fear? They feared that he will come up. He never did all that. He just kept quiet. It is the other fellow's perception about him. Envy because he was the longest Menteri Besar of Selangor and he had he was friendly with everybody, opposition or the party. He was very fair and everybody liked him. Now, why do you think the Amno youth went and surrounded the house and refused to allow him to go to prison? Because they felt he was innocent. I feel that it was a setup. Now, to say that he brought Muhammad Ali and Joe Bagna fight it was wrong, I think it was very, very stupid of people to say that. Simply because he brought fame to Malaysia because that was the first time they had Muhammad Ali coming to fight Joe Bagna in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. Mm. And who is responsible? Yeah. Grandfather. When your grandfather was the president of the football association, how did Slangor do? Why don't we ask the Slangor players who are still around? You have spoken to them. I've spoken they to a couple of them. They have for him. Mm. I remember my friend uh, was then uh, mayor of Kuala Lumpur, Alia Soma. He had a very good word of Dato Harun when you speak to Dato Harun, he makes you feel at home. He didn't make you feel as though you were inferior. I'm a big man, you shut up. Never. He always felt you on par. And he will always, when you go to his office, I'm sure he will say, what is the drink you want? And this is the way he is. Unless it's an official meeting, is different. Now, the one man whom I, who was junior to me in the university, but a very good friend of mine, was Musa Itam. Yeah. And he was excellent. Now, when Mahade became the Prime Minister and Musa became the Deputy Prime Minister, I was very happy. I was then in Singapore. My good friend, Professor Said Hussein Alatas Alayaram, yeah. he told me, my dear friend, refrain your clap. You do not know how this will work out. Give it a year or two. Really <laughs> now, his words came out. <laughs> now, why did Mahade, who is also known to me, he ragged me in the university. I know him very well. Mm. To his friends, <clears throat> he is just Mahade. To others, I call him Doc. He's very nice man. Why did this happen? Because there was fear. And in those days, even Tunku made a mistake saying that Razak, Harun, Mahade, Musa were responsible for riots. My dear doctor, let me tell you this. This is what people do not know. When the phone call went to Harun to stop the people, he cuddled all of them in his room in Princess Road. I don't know what it's called now. Yeah. That was a Madhubhuta's house. He called them all and told them, don't do anything. We will win. 
but you must be careful. And he gave them a lecture as to how we must follow the rule of law. Yadato, Yadato, Yadato. After that, they went out and locked the door. And they went and caused a problem. He was shouting and saying, Buka Pingu, Buka Pundu. Somebody finally came and opened the door. He said, my God, what has happened? Now people will think I did it. I'm telling you, doctor, because there was an eyewitness there who told me this. Who was that? I would say, How do you know? I'll ask him. Mm. He was there. He said, what, man, this was blaming Harun. He was not involved. For that matter, even doc, two doctors smiled. Told to Razak he's going to arrest Arun for having caught this until Razak stopped him, say no. The reason why your grandfather was there, because he was very quiet. He only talked when it was necessary. And when he spoke, it was goodness from him. That is how the people liked him. I can tell you, Dr. Ashari, everyone. Malay, non-Malay, loved him very much. Unfortunately, things turned out. I can tell you, doctor, it's the hand of God that controlled and guided this nation. Where Tunku was misled to say that Tungazak was there, responsible for throwing out people when, and uh, as they say in the colloquial language, poke fire. Mm. <clears throat> but not true. How could Tundazak do it? But it's called from 1955 till 1969, Tunku was the number one. Now, when that on, are you there, doctor? Yep, listening. I'm listening attentively. Okay. When doctor, when that on, was asked to get off from the what I call a party, mm. because he wanted to change the name from United Malay to mm. United Malayan. Yep. He left to Razak and to Dr. Ismail. They went to see him and recommended Tuku Abraman's name. Tatoan told them, yes, he's a good man. He will be able to cement the relations between the royalty and the Raya. Now, Tunku, for all what he said, he didn't really appreciate that tone very much. Why? Because Tunku heard all these things. Now, I won't tell you what uh, your grandfather had enemies or what. You see, a good person in that position, surely many people won't like. When you are doing well, people will be envious. Why? Hey, if this really comes out, my chances are not there. That's how the thinking was. And in the early days, the people say it's corrupt. Doctor, if you look at what's happening today, <laughs> I think you, you have two heart attacks. <laughs> because I'm not saying you will have, I will have. You know why? Because it's the way it means. And those days, Tunku sold his property in Penang and Kedah to pay for a no. You see? Yeah. And Tundrazak was so careful. When his children, he moved to Sri Aman, when his children wanted a swimming pool, to Raza personally told me when I was posted in New Zealand, he came there. That was his last overseas trip, you know. Uh. He told me, 
My boss wanted a swim. I'm very sad I don't have a daughter. I say, sir, it's a will of God. You're right. I wa- they came to me one day and told me, uh, Pa, we want a swimming pool. Where? In Siamata. I can't give you. Why, Pa? Why, Pa? This is government house. People, I will be accused of using government money. Okay, Pa. Then he told me, he looked at them, he felt a bit uncomfortable, he called them. You want to swim? Yes. I'm the president of Lake Club. Go to Lake Club and swim. There are four swimming pools. <laughs> That's number one. After he had a long chat with me on many things, Dr. Ashari, one day I'll tell you about Tudrasa. Mm. It's a long thing, how he started Barisan, what his family, everything he told me. I don't know why he... He came and just asked me to come to the room, you know, and sat down and talked for three hours. Mm. Next morning, I was passing the way. He stopped. I saw him. I said, good morning to him. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Then his wife, Tudraha, was standing. He looked at her and said, shopping? Yeah. Jimat, huh? <laughs> he said, careful. I turned my head around and said, what is this, man? <laughs> Prime Minister's wife's coming. He said, Jimat, what? She should go. She's not going to spend. But that was the kind of thinking I had. And when he was leaving also, he waited for everyone in the High Commission to come and wish them. And finally caught my hand. He thanked my wife and finally caught my hand and said to me, Nelson, thank you very much for everything. Because I put him on TV and paid radio. He was very happy he was going back. And this last word he said was, thank you. Goodbye. I said, why did he say goodbye? But I came and told my people, you're making a fuss, la. English, goodbye means they believe, you know, we all, they'll come back. I said, no, the Raza is not that. On oh, January the 14th, I got the first call in the, in the, in the overseas that he passed away in England. Mm. That was goodbye, you know. Yeah. Now, Razak had his faults too. Every man has faults. Doctor, and I know which man has not seen that we can call him. He should come from another planet. <laughs> yeah. So your grandfather was a man not only that. He was a good man. He cared for his family. What did he leave? Did he leave millions? Did he have billions? Nothing. Hmm. He left goodwill. Understand me. That's why I told him, you will be exonerated. And history will prove that Dato Harun Idris was one of the finest mentri bursars that Sango ever had. And I'm proud to say the little time I knew him, I felt, as Shakespeare would say, he had all the principles of a good man. When comes another? I don't know. I hope so. Because... <laughs> Dato Harun it is to me, when I think of him sometimes, and I think what I used to meet Musa and all, sometimes I feel very sad, you know. Why are all these things to happen to him? Yeah. What did he do? Hmm. You hold a you had a you had a box, boxing match, or you borrow some money and you claim that he's corrupt. What corrupt? What did he do? Did they check and find out whether he had any money hidden here or there? Nothing. Words. Mm. Even Hussein on fell for it. Yeah. That is why if 
You see, Hussein On was a different man. You know? very strict. Yeah. I tell you a story of Hussein On. He and I used to go to the same barber, the old railway station. You know, the mm. barber shop was named Style Mart. One day I went there. I was going to have my hair cut. I said, "He came." So I told the barber in my language, Tamil, uh-huh. give him the hair cut first. Because Prime Minister and older me, uh-huh. he heard it. He said, "You go first." I didn't know he could understand. You know, you <laughs> know, you go first. I said, "No, sir, you 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 go first. I can wait." You came early. You go first. Now you don't talk to a man who has been trained in the military in India and Dharadun, you know. Yeah. It's not like that. So I had to go. After I finished my haircut, he finished walking. I told him, "Tato, you remind me so much of your father. Did you know him?" Then I told him the story how Tato on used to walk with me every weekend. One day I wanted to go by Nasilima. He called me. He said, "Come, come, come." Walk with me. I say, "Appala, I miss my Nasilima. <laughs> what to do? Walk with me." He was a gentleman. Mm. Now, all the people those days, Doctor Ashari, were people who devoted their lives for the benefit of the nation, including Musa, and to a great extent Mahadev. Now, as I say, people are now banging on Mahadev and saying, "You did this. You did that. You did that." Now, what about his contributions? Why don't they talk about it? Yes, he made a lot of mistakes. As I said, who is he who has not made mistakes? We have to judge a person according to the gravity. Are we all badly off today? Yes, because of the flood, because of the incompetency, because of the lack of proper administration. Investors are not coming. We are suffering compared to what Djokovic is doing in Indonesia. But it's a question only of making a change. When the change comes, it will come back. Because life is like that. Now you're down, then you'll go up. As you know, doctor, you are the science. What goes up must come down, lah. <laughs> But we will will be able to overcome because we must be overcomers mm. and we must live. It's no point of saying I believe in God. I believe in God, and you don't do anything about it. Mm. Live. With all human beings, live that we shall be all same. When God created Nabi Adam and uh, Hawa, did He say, "Oh, you are Jew, you are Chinese, you are Japanese"? No, He said, "You are human. Let's be a human." This is what should happen now. Now the eyes are being opened. You have the young people like yourself, Said Sade, Hadayo, Nuruiza. All these people are coming up, and soon, Doctor. When this government goes off and a new government comes, I am assured this nation of Malaysia will rise up again. We were number one. Now Rafida tells me we are number seven on the economic list. But we can go up. But people must open their eyes. Coming back to Dato Harun, if, if there were people like Dato Harun and if Musa uh, Itam can come back. Of course, he's not well. I heard I have not met him for a long time. Yeah. If he people like him can come back and others like him, I tell you, we will still be number one. Never mind. Let us see what they contributed. 
your grandfather contributed in politics. He was a very good officer in the Attorney General's chambers. Do you know, many people don't know, when he was sentenced to prison by none other than his good friend, who became a sultan later, Azran Shah, Azran went into his room and cried. But he said, I have to follow the law. That is facing. The rule of law has no emotion. It is just there to follow. But the judge is there to add to the emotion and the feeling. But Azran felt the stacks were against Dato Harun. Nobody stood up for him at that time. Where were they all? All the people he helped, where were they all? Why did they stand up to talk about this Baghdad and uh, Muhammad Ali fight? What was it all about? There, there were few, but the few were far few in number. Nevertheless, history will show that Dato Harun Idris had exonerated himself by the very way, way of life he conducted himself. He was always kind to people, you know. I never heard anybody telling her, oh, Dato Harun Idris was very pro-Malay, he doesn't care for the others. Never! Mm. He was always very nice, you know. I went and met him at Tansri, Dr. Rice Yatim's house in uh, Uluklang side. Mm. I just looked at him and smiled. And the smile he gave me was, I said, hi, Dato, how are you? Fine. God bless you. Thank you very much. He never said a word. I mean, I, I tell you, he never made a fuss. He accepted the decision, the rule of law. Huh. That's why people will never forget him. He should be in the annals of history. I tell you, if he had been living and given a chance, he would have been made, he would have made a first-class prime minister. <laughs> guarantee that because... The nature of the man was such a, I would say, he had a lot of feeling for human beings. And if that is conducted today, we won't have all problems. Because we don't have that. Hmm. He was such a good man. I'm so I'm sure, although people like Kit Chiang and all did didn't know him, you will find there's nothing that they can say anything except what they read in the media. And let me tell you very clearly, the media is the perception of the writer. And he may have certain facts, but he adds a few here and there, hmm. whether he likes you or not. That's media. Yeah. But you can't blame them. You see, <coughs> yeah. they bring on the media. When you compare him to today, what would you say? <laughs> he was an angel. Yeah. yeah. In terms of what I would say in the English language, an angel in disguise. <laughs> it was really good. I'm not praising him because he's your grandfather. Mm. I'm telling you what I know about him. And I can assure you from what I've heard from people who have met him. For that man who came and told me, you know, I don't know why Dato Haru wanted to give me a piece of land, man. <laughs> I said, you want to give me a land, take it. No, I don't want that. What? Why he wants to give me a land? I said, why are you grumbling? He wants to look up your interest. 
He's okay. Uh, just mm. the speech is a bit slow because he's recovering mm. from his stroke. But oh, he used to yeah. be very good speaking, and he used to joke everything, you know, joking and talking, but very sharp in mind. <laughs> Mine is not so good, you know, Doctor Shari. Mm. When he was in university, to stop student, he had a photographic mind. Mm. Yeah. When I went to see him first, first time. One would think a medical doctor. He was asking, "What did you come to study?" I say, "I came to study arts." What arts meant? Go and study science or do some pharmacy. You oh, arts professors are useless. And I'm the only stable I see. Eh? The oh, writings of Joseph Conrad book, literature books. He was reading. <laughs> He was a medical man reading. I just wondered what is for love. I asked my friends, "So, hey, what kind of fellow is that?" You know what they told me? That fellow is a brilliant fellow, lah. He just hears a lecture once, he reads once, he can remember. After that, he doesn't bother. Examination, sure, pass through. Very clever man. Although people won't say that, you know. Ah, uh, but he's like that. Mm-hmm. To his friends, you can say anything. He will never accept it. That is his problem. Mm. Because. He, the difference between him and Mr. Lee Kuan Yew is this: Lee Kuan Yew will never forget what you do. Mahadev Mohan will let you do what you want to do and forgive you, but he will never forget. So he will keep that in mind, mm-hmm. and that is what it is all about. You see, and that is what you see. Your grandfather could have been a very successful man in the private practice. And use his influence and make millions. I ask all these people, 
What did Dato Harun leave? That is the question they must ask. Was he a corrupt man? Every man is corrupt. We do this then. Suppose I have a friend who comes and I do him a favor and he takes me to a restaurant to makan. He's also corrupt. <laughs> How do you identify what the level? But he didn't do that. You were very good, lah. You, I mean, he was in a very good man for sports, for politics. I used to live in Hale Road, you know. Now it's known Rajamuda, uh. and I passed his house. Sometimes, ah, uh, after I met him those days, ah, uh, sometimes he doesn't know he'll be in the garden, you know. So I pass by, I simply wave my hand. He didn't know me. He'll wave back. I tell you, you are very, very fortunate, doctor, to have a grandfather that to Harun in this. Yeah. Maybe people may not know, but he really in Slangor, you cannot touch him. You cannot touch him. All the other MPs, you know, forget about them. Yeah, maybe Daniel Wright was good before him. Uh-huh. After him, nobody. Not even Razali Ali, who was Mahadev's uh, brother-in-law. You know, yeah. not even yeah. Harun Idris was a man. And he shall never be forgotten in the history books. I'm no use to never forget him. Look at it. You can have all the people talk. Somebody say, I think Musa said that Harun, your grandfather and Najib are very similar. Uh. They may be similar, but they're never the same. You know? uh. I agree. Never the same. Yeah, yeah because uh, one has to have public relations officials backing him. And uh, your father, your grandfather didn't need that. Hmm. When he did things, he did for the good. He didn't do it with any ulterior motive. Hmm. Najib comes from a very good family. I knew his father very well. I met his mother. Hmm. But they say behind every man as a woman, that may have been his downfall. I don't know. Hello. God only knows. Yeah. See, that's why this is a problem with our nation. Anyway, I must say, every one of them, Mahade, Osa, I'm sure the other politicians who knew to Kurozali, huh. they will tell you, you know, everybody had their own faults. Sure. But Harun was a good man. One very good thing about him, he was a very good listener. That I know. He will listen and then he will speak. I do not know whether it's his training or his background. If a person is loved by a person like Aslan Shah, you can come to your own conclusions. <laughs> it was not easy, you know. He was a judge. Not easy. And yet, he went into the room shed tears because he felt so much for Harun. And your grandfather took it. He took it in the stride of what is the rule of law. Well, that's all I know about your grandfather. Can you tell me a bit about yourself, Dato? Well, I was born in Prang, Dato, uh, doctor, uh. Uh, in the year 1930. I was educated in a few schools, you know, because I went through the Japanese occupation. Hmm. I went to university in 1953. 
I skipped uh, a couple of years. I didn't get through. Finally, in 1957, I graduated. Hmm. In 57, I worked temporarily. I was offered a lot of opportunities in Singapore. But I came back. Primarily because I had a good friend called Lokman Musa. He passed away, of course. He hmm. told me to come back and were working here. Strange enough, you know. When I came to Malaysia, I couldn't get a job. <laughs> oh, then 1957, I was and Singapore people are waiting for me to come back. <laughs> but I said no. And I remember once, Mr. S. Rajaratnam, the Deputy Prime Minister, asked me, hey, why don't you come here and work? I said, I've got my widowed sister and children. I have to support them. Why don't you come here, earn the money and go? Oh, come on, you should be here. Why do you want to waste your time there? I said no. I came back. I worked as a teacher for a while. Then I was in film Nagara for a while. Then I transferred to television. Huh. I was a producer in television and I had a program called yeah, Views Information Assessment. Huh. And one of the programs, uh, my chairman was Tansri Aziz Yom, Nazri's father. Huh. And uh, a couple of other people and one day, Tunku saw the program and appointed Tansri Aziz as the High Commissioner to England, to Britain. When I went to England to do some work, Aziz called me and told all the fellows, this is the guy who was responsible for making me. They were all wondering, who is this guy? <laughs> so I had a, you know, I had a run in uh, television. Mm. Later, Ghazali Shafi appeared in my program once and he asked me, you better come and join the Foreign Ministry. That's how I went. I went to foreign ministry and I retired from there. Posted to uh, New Zealand. Then they sent me to Singapore because the chaps in the foreign ministry felt I knew all the people in Singapore, so I would be helpful to them. And I retired in 1985. And I have been a tax commissioner. I have been in various other activities. But... I always was adhering to the rule of law. And anybody who says anything, I will just not bother about them. Because one has to fall in line with the principles. I may not like what the people are doing, but then it's up to them to answer to the riot. Uh -huh. We do our job. That's why I told Tumdata when he had... Uh, a 50 Islamic conference, I was one of working day and night to get publicity and publications all out for him. When he came to New Zealand, he said, how come I didn't know that you were, you have been transferred here? I said, that's the foreign ministry, sir. <laughs> so he laughed and he said, and he told me to come to the room and he told me one thing, you know. He said, my dear chap, he said, if after this, you're not happy, you come and work for me. I could have benefited, you know. But unfortunately, he passed away. He came in October 1975 to New Zealand. Mm. I was with the High Commission there, see? Yeah. And January the 14th, he passed away. But that's life, you see. You see, everything is guided from, from above. Mm. Why did Tudor have to die at the age of 53, man? He was doing so well. That's life. Why did Dr. Ismail have to die before Razak came back from the Commonwealth Institute? Yeah. You know, when Tundok Ismail went back home, 
He was acting prime minister alone in the house. Hmm. Son, Taufik was somewhere. I think his good wife was also in a clinic or somewhere, somewhere. She was in was hospital. Hmm. With the ama. Hmm. He told the ama, ama, Saingan, he was eating steak, I think, that day. Saingan, sama mati lah. No, he's usual. Because ama has been with him for 30 over years lah. Hmm. So the ama scolded him lah. He said, why are you talking like that? Can you imagine the ama telling the prime minister? <laughs> So he laughed. She called and Gopal, the driver, and called, asked him to bring the doctors. When they came, they tried to revive him. He's gone. Hmm. He was acting prime minister when he died. Now, the story is when Tudata heard about it, he said, come, let's finish. Don't worry about the commentary. Let's go. When they landed at Brussels, Tudata told the officers, let's go back. They told this is Brussels, not Kuala Lumpur. So when he came back, it was all in sundry, la. he didn't know what to do because to doctor is well supposed to succeed him. Uh. That's how Hussein on came in, his brother-in-law, he quickly put him down. Not that anything was there, Smile was supposed to enter. And to doctor Ismail, Dr. Ashari was a stickler for punctuation. Uh. I once went for a dinner to his house, 8 o'clock dinner, I took my wife, Waited outside 10 to 8. 5 to 8, I told my wife, come on, let's walk. I went in, he said, oh, welcome. And he looked at his watch to see whether I was on time. Still <laughs> for time. But a man, large-hearted, very good man. So you see, these are the people that I've met in my life. Yeah. And I was not one of the top pillars, not in politics. I could have gone to politics. Or what for? Do your bit wherever you are. Show your love for human being. Whatever little you can do, do. Because two things are very important. Kindness and love. When you have kindness, you also will be humble. Huh. Yes, do what you can do. Don't try to do more than what you can do. Because you will not be able to. And always have in mind, there's Almighty above. He's the one who will help you. So this is how I conduct my life. So in spite of the fact all tragedies happen, there's always joy to know that you believe in Almighty God, you will not lack help, nor lack assistance. And this is what's happening. All the friends I knew, Dr. Ashari, all the close ones, all the leaders who I knew have all gone. A few are left. But, for example, Badawi was a very good friend of mine. He can't even speak very well. Huh. I have not seen him for one, two years now because he's not well. Musa, as you know, is not well. I have not huh. seen him. I like to speak to him. One day I'll get the phone and talk to him over the phone. And the rest are all gone. In Singapore also, all my contemporary friends are gone. I will ring up. I say, how is that for Oh, he passed away last month. That's how it comes. So at my age, where people, as you know, doctor, they say we are going into the stage of second childhood, which is true. <laughs> which is true. Because you lose your teeth, your taste becomes less, your food intake is less, you become weak in your legs, your knees are weak. It's true. And you need help like a baby or like an infant. <laughs> That's why I believe second childhood as 
told by you doctors is actually true. <laughs> and I have been living in Kuala Lumpur for many years. I was born in Penang, you see. Yeah. But that's how it is, Datu, a doctor. Did, um, when are you coming back? When are you coming back to Malaysia or KL? Um, well, I hopefully coming for holiday in April, but I, I finish my training in next year, lah, 2023. Oh. Mm. So, but you, you're training there and are you going to stay on there? Uh, I would rather come back home, but it depends on the circumstances at the time. Uh, if the circumstances are no good, please stay. Yeah, yeah. You must have peace of mind. Are you married, doctor? Yeah, I've got two children here with me. Married, two kids. Yeah. Let them have peace of mind. Yeah. <laughs> when you come back here, don't be. You'll be. You know, if they don't look after your interests, mm. then you cannot be looking after their interests. Yeah. yeah. See, it works both ways. Yeah. Let's hope that things will work out well. Then come back. Yeah. After all, so. to me, those days, even Ghazali Shafi used to tell me, "What's the matter with you? When you go overseas, always wanting to come back." So I told him one day, no, I used to call him Abang, he's a very friend. I told him, no, Abang, you know, I like to come back because I miss my Mirubus, I miss my Roja. So he laughed, you know. <laughs> Say, what are you talking about? Because there's nothing like coming home, you know. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. You can stay there for umpteen years, still want to feel Unless you make yourself a home. Yeah. Unless circumstances here make you feel that you should be out. You know? mm. That's what. What are you specializing in, uh, doctor? Heart? No, it's uh, it's called family medicine. Huh? Family medicine. Oh. Yeah. What is that? Uh, supposed to look after old people. It's um, it's a specialized GP. You're like a properly oh. trained GP. Yeah. So you look after everybody lah, from baby to cradle to the grave. They say. Yeah, I think you'll do well. <laughs> you have the. You have the. Kind of uh, what I feel when I see you, you give comfort. I <laughs> won't say people will be overjoyed. You give comfort and consolation to people. <laughs> that is your great gift. Yeah. And I think it's a very, very great gift. It's very difficult to get. Sure. How many people can say they can give comfort and consolation <laughs> everywhere you go? Like, let me put it this way. When a man is sad, he'll come and put his head on your shoulder and cry. <laughs> That's the kind of feeling he will get. He'll be feeling very comfortable, he'll cry, and you'll pat him at the back. And you feel like That's the kind of feeling you are. I, I may be wrong, but I think you are very, very nice man. Oh, thank you. I tell Prabhupada that I spoke to you. Mm, thank you. Yeah, he, he passed me your yeah. number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you one last question? You mentioned that um, yeah. Tun Raz- you spoke to Tun Razak for quite a while. Did he mention my grandfather in any way in your chattings with him? No, no. he didn't mention your grandfather at all. Mm. Because he was in New Zealand talking about the students there, right. talking about other things. Sure. He didn't mention anybody, but he did say one thing, you know. I'm very, very happy. I have a very good civil service. Uh. That's all he told me. I mean, if he had told me, I would have told him uh. what I think. Whether you like it or not, I will tell him. See, if if, if Tundrasan doesn't like a man and I know he's a good man, I tell him he's a good man. You don't like him, that's your privilege, that's your right. 
I can't stop you. But I'll tell you the truth. And the truth shall prevail, you see. It must. <clears throat> Otherwise, what is truth? Mm. You know? yeah. So that's why he never mentioned about your grandfather. But a lot of stories saying he was against your grandfather and all. Mm. But what puzzles me when they say is, how come he stopped to Dr. Ismail taking action against your grandfather? That is what I was thinking. Mm. How come? Why did he do that? Is he? Did he do that because he felt there would be a uprising or what? I don't know. But let's give. For all that was done, your grandfather never held anything against them. Uh. That was great of your grandfather. That's what I think I missed out just now. Uh. For all what people may have done, he never held it against them. Well, they want to do it. It's up to them to answer. That's how. That's what your grandfather was. I hope uh, somebody in your family is in politics or doing that, and I hope they will follow the principles laid down by your grandfather. <laughs> I believe he has written a number of things in his diary, or I think it should be published in a book and circulated countrywide. Now. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get um, the problem with the diaries is because it's so. Um, uh, first-hand written uh, and a lot of the younger people won't know all the names you know uh, all so many names are mentioned so we're trying to piece together the context and then hopefully uh, do something that way la, but it's going to take some so time diary of Dato Harun it is don't you see when the diary from this day this day I put each part yeah. Which is unique, you know. Yeah. Unique because many people put diary, they just write one note, mm. take, take by day what he wrote. Yeah. And say, the preface should be, this is the writings of Dato Harun Idris on a day-to-day -day basis. And he has indicated whatever you want to write, and mm. say that. But a day-to-day -day basis, that's why. And he put all the names there. Never mind. If people... Look... There are many people who won't even remember who was Tunku Abraman after <laughs> another 10 years. You know, I went to England once, uh, your, your UK, London. Mm. I was going to Westminster, uh, Buckingham Palace. Mm. You know, there's a big statue of Winston Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Black one, huh? Mm. So I was my friend. Uh, so some white fellows were there. I was looking and talking to him, uh, Johanna. I said, oh, Churchill, uh, very nice statue. This first came said, Excuse me, excuse me. You know, you know about this. You are talking about. It? I say, yeah. Who is he? <laughs> I said, he's Winston Spencer Churchill. Who is that? <laughs> I said, he was the prime minister during the Second World War. Oh, oh. What do you do? <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. And I'm talking to you in 1970. You know, I was 1971. I was in UK. And the is asking me. Can you imagine? 1945, the war over. 1970, they don't know. And tomorrow yeah. people ask, who is Gandhi? Huh? Who is that fellow? <laughs> tomorrow they'll come and say, Tunkab Raman, Sapai too. <laughs> oh, like, like Tunku. It'll happen. Yeah. So that's why it should be recorded. Okay. It doesn't matter people like myself, they don't put anything on, it doesn't matter. But it's important for the leaders to be remembered. Uh. The way to be remembered. I think somebody should write a book on Dato Arun. Yeah. Not only his diary, but other things. 
as they see it. Yeah. Like what Musa gave, uh, take mm. it down. Yeah. From the viewpoint of leaders, turn mm. Musa Hitam, turn Dr. Mahadev Mohamad, get these people like North Kitsiang, write Yatim, mm. and get some Indians, get some Chinese to write about him, print the book. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because that's from their perception. Mm. You see? Yeah. I can assure you that people would. They may say, you know, Dato Harun, he was very quiet, but they will never vilify him. Uh, that I can say. Okay. Yeah, the court case came about, it's frankly, uh, Doctor, uh, I think it was set up. Yeah, yeah. It was set up. Uh, Why, after all this time, suddenly they bring it out after the Joe Bagner uh, yeah. and Muhammad Ali fight? Uh, Why didn't they do it earlier? Yeah. Uh, why wait over all this? <laughs> because they don't want him to get up. Yeah, yeah. If you get up, I have to get down. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the way it is, you see. Yeah. Okay. Any other question, doctor? A last question, actually. Um, one one of the things I get a lot of feedback from was they say that uh my grandfather helped a lot of Indians, especially in Selangor, uh, to get land and whatnot. Do you have, I know you told the story of that other chap just now. Do you have any other stories about that? How he helped Indians in Selangor? I know for a fact that the Department of Information and certain other departments, government civil servants, Hmm. were helped by him, not directly, but through his officers whom he heard about. Hmm. For example, they may not know, but he gave a lending hand. Okay. I know he has helped a lot of Indian people. That's why the Indians are very grateful to Dato Harun Indis. Now, the question is, why did he have to help the Indians and also help the Chinese? No? Hmm. Why? If he was a racist, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah. He was never a racist. Hmm. That proves, you see, that he had given a lot of... Whatever within his power he could do, he did. Hmm. You see, of course, these people won't come out and say because they're afraid, you know, that I will say, oh, I don't need this, give you, oh, you must be this. No, they won't tell. But he, his hand was behind the whole thing. It helped a lot of people. You see, the question is, why did he do that? Hmm. Because he had humanity in his heart. He did not make the difference. As I said from the beginning, he made no bones for your color, hmm. but he really wanted to know how good or how no good you are. <laughs> and he would always help a person who is poor yeah. because he knew what it was when he started life itself. How many of them are like that today, doctor? <laughs> they forget their past, hmm. but not your grandfather. That's why I'm saying that is what he did for the Indians. Hmm. This is definitely unfortunately the people have many of them are dead and gone <laughs> otherwise I could ask Dore to give me some indication of who else he has helped mm. and pass the information to but unfortunately that phrase is also gone yeah yeah. all the people he helped yeah I mean maybe they, whether they told their children or not I wouldn't know yeah. but he did really help a lot of people mm. and he was as I said he was a good man a great man. Whether we like it or not, 
it is there. Yeah. Because whatever you do, there's one thing you cannot do. You cannot change history. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You can alter it, but the true history will always be there. And your grandfather was a true gentleman who did his best. Mm. How was he mentoring himself for so many years? <laughs> How was he... I'm no youth chief for so many years. Yeah. How did he go about getting things? Why were they so scared of him? Mm. These are the things people must think. Mm. Yeah. I I saw him. I met him. I I tell you. I said this guy. I I if I had a chance, I would have gone say. I say, my friend, can you give me a piece of land? I want to go. He would help. <laughs> he would help <laughs> because he likes a person to talk straight to him. You see, and he asked. Why, 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 why you want? I can give you this, you can build, okay? That's why you do. Of course, you won't say that. Like, I'm just summarizing it. Yeah. You'll find out what, yeah. what is your level, what what you want, why you are getting, why can't you apply to government? All that you will ask. Yeah. And after that, you will approve. Mm-hmm. As anybody from his time in the civil service of Slangor, or in the mental process office, or in the state assembly, or even in the state civil service, complained about him? No. Because he did a lot of good. As they say, doctor, the evil lives after men, but the good is off interred with the bones. <laughs> he is a good man. Right. Take it from Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Dato. Very. Thank you uh, very much. Keep in touch, doctor. Sure. Sure. Uh, right. And if you, you. Uh, know anybody that can pass on any stories to me about my grandfather, just let me know, and I will um, try to chase it up. Okay. I'll 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 try to find out who knows, and I will let you know. Okay. Okay. Then take care. Okay. Take care, Dato. All Thank the best you to you. God Bye. bless you. God bless you too. Bye. 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 So that was the uh, uh, wondrous, uh, funny, uh, amazing, at times uh, bamboozling uh, conversation that I had with Dr. Nelson Arputam. Uh, I challenge, I challenge anyone not to laugh or smile uh, listening to some of his catchphrases and quotes. Uh, very memorable still makes me laugh thinking about some of the stuff that he said um, but at the same time you know really heartfelt uh, because he he lived in front of these people and it's always different I always find the dynamic of you know social media where people are very vocal and quick to criticize go all out in uh, abusing or criticizing someone but you would never be able to say that to somebody's face uh, something that even I've been through myself because um, arguably you know I was brought up in a household that felt very betrayed by by uh, Um but you know once you're in front of somebody uh, you, you're not able to challenge to, to channel that dislike uh, to somebody right in front of you um, and to know somebody to speak to somebody face to face just different 
similar as well maybe to someone uh, to the interview with uh, Lim Kit Siang you know you, you might get very charged um, from a kind of uh, feeling that you're you're on opposite sides kind of thing but really realistically you know if you talk to most people uh, you can have a good kind of civil conversation um, and the more conversations we have the better uh, the other thing that it's just uh, always reminds me when when you listen to uh, particularly um, uh, people who 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 knew all these leaders pretty well and and they were in a kind of a, a similar social circle Tunku Abdul Rahman Tun Dr. Ismail Tun Abdul Razak Harun Idris you know Tunku Abdul Rahman would have known my grandfather uh, in uh, in uh, the Selangor kind of uh, courts uh, in Football Association Malaysia so they would have been in so- similar social circles he spent a lot of time socially with Tun Abdul Raza and Tun Abdul Ismail and it just makes you think about the kind of leadership group back in the day including leaders all across the board in uh, opposition groups you know if you study each of their profiles they're all very very impressive uh, in one way or another right so you know, people like Tunku Abdul Rahman and Tun Abdul Raza and my grandfather all studied law. <clears throat> and and there is a kind of misconception that Tunku was a, a bad student, but he was quite bright, you have to say, if you look at his exam results and you look at the circumstances around his life. Uh, Tun Abdul Raza finished quickly. Uh, my grandfather finished his law course very much on time. Uh, came back to Malaysia, even extending to Tun Dr. Mahathir, who, who everyone can at least acknowledge is academically quite bright so if you have all those kind of and even someone like Tun Musahitam as well then you have if you have that kind of leadership group working together then you can kind of make sense of why they made such progress at that early stage and on the opposition side you had people like Dr Tan Chikun V David who's a trained lawyer Sinivasagam brothers uh, and all this really very smart, bright people. So, uh, you know, there, there was definitely a, a lot of quality there. Definitely a lot of quality there. Alright, so um, that's all I have to share for this week. Um, you know, if you're ever feeling down, then have a listen to Dr. Nelson. And I'm sure you'll feel a bit of a motivation boost after listening to his uh encouragements and, and life advice assalamualaikum uh, and take care get in touch with me on the usual social media platforms if uh, if you want to discuss anything bye bye